listeners. You're listening to another episode of Beckett's Babies, a playwriting podcast. Every week, we discuss plays we love, interview theater artists, and share our thoughts on playwriting and theater. We are your hosts, Sam Collier and Sarah Cho. And in this week's episode, we are here to discuss on the topic of writing groups or writers groups or another variation of that. Um, So we're here to discuss like, have they been helpful? When is it helpful? Um, Are they effective to getting you the next rewrite? You know, we shared this on our Twitter page. So um, so if you want to go check it out, what other playwrights are saying, feel free to check that out. Um, But yeah, just. That's the topic of today is writing groups. So what are your general thoughts, Sam, about writing groups? Well, I, you know, I hadn't planned to do this, but I feel like I have to start with my like original experience of like formative writers group as a young person, which was I was Mm. part of the literary journal in high school and we would meet once a week on Wednesday evenings after school and um, anybody in the school could submit a piece of writing to be in the lit journal. And there were maybe 10 or 15 of us who would meet and discuss which pieces to accept. Um, they, and we would read them out loud, but they were always anonymous. So somebody in the room would read the piece out loud. And then we would talk mm-hmm. about, you know, what we liked about it or and whether to accept it or not. But you never knew if the person who had written that piece was sitting in the room or not. <laughs> so, you you know, you just um, – we just started with the understanding that, like, we had to be really kind and generous with our feedback, but also, um, you know, we didn't want to accept a piece that we didn't think was of high mm. quality. Um, and I just learned so much from hearing people talk about writing in that way. Um mm-hmm. So anyway, so that I I wanted to start with that because I I feel like that's my that was my first experience, mm. um, and then I of course Iowa Playwrights Workshop was probably the one that I have had like the most spent the most time in and also found the most helpful. But then I've been part of other writers groups too. Like I, when I lived in Boston, I was part of a writing group among friends which was kind of poems and fiction it was like mixed genre and um and then when I lived in Traverse City I was part of a writing group so I've I've done a couple of different writers groups here and there um mm-hmm. and yeah that's your, my experiences as you're sharing your experience about um when you were younger, mm-hmm. um, you're in your literary journal group. And then so I was just thinking about up until college, there's really no – I don't know. I don't know about you, but like for me, I grew up not having those opportunities of like sharing, talking, mm-hmm. even your cl- regular classrooms because it's always a teacher talking at you. And then mm-hmm. you're like, I'll take my homework and go. Um, and so when I got to college and then when you take your – class and then there's some like a discussion or a mm-hmm, like a, a creative class. writing class or something or yeah to just like any kind of general classes where you're like expected to talk mm. well, you know, and you, I don't know why but that for me for a really long time 
like it was so hard to grapple around like why don't you just tell me what to do um but it was just like sarah what what are your thoughts on this you know share your thoughts and and you know even when i got to iowa a professor had to like pull me aside and being like why don't you talk more (laughs) you know um and i was like i don't know um is that like i don't know because i'm new (laughs) It was intimidating, um, especially the first semester. Yeah. It was I, it was intimidating to talk in workshop. Yeah, right. Because like everyone's experience is so different. Yeah, a lot more people are a lot more uh, people who are way more experienced than you versus like noobs like me. So those just like varied a lot. But um, but the concept just like discuss share. It's just something I've been like dealing and struggling or like learning and relearning mm-hmm. um the past decade <laughs> um so that to say you know it's not for me like it's so not easy to like jump head in mm-hmm. and sharing the work um but what I've learned along the way is like um some things I would just do is just like you know, three take some notes and you know write down questions um, that you find yourself thinking about when you're hearing the work. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's just something I'm thinking about in general. Is is that in a writing group, sometimes like the person or people who are involved, everyone's just so different. Like the dynamic might be different that you don't know where people are coming in to our approach to the writing so that's just something I found myself with writing groups is like this balancing act of like okay she talks a lot she loves giving feedback Mm -hmm. I need to talk more or like um right and everyone comes in with a different um set of expectations about what that workshop or what that writing group should be Mm-hmm. or what their past experiences have been. Like I have yeah. to say, so my first year at Iowa, I was living in a house with three other people who were in the writer's workshop, um, which for people who don't know is like a totally separate program from the playwright's workshop, which we were in. And one time they had a class meet in our living room. So I could kind of overhear how their, I think it was poetry. Um, how their poetry workshop was going and they were so harsh I mean like so so critical it would just come right out and say this line is not working um it's not doing anything for me you know even more harsh than that but like I can't even think of like it's like hard for me to think of like yeah be more critical than that but it was um and I and it was so different from the approach we took in the playwrights workshop which was more kind of question-based and curiosity um and I was so taken aback until I realized that like that was just the what they were used to and yeah um there I think when you start a new writers group or you enter a new workshop it's really important to make sure everyone's on the same page about what you want out of it and what your Mm -hmm expectations are and how you're going to talk to each other um yeah yeah I feel like this is a whole other topic but I just want to say like playwriting the playwrights in the theater 
out of all the different mediums, I feel like they're highly valued in a way than in anywhere else. Like we're like kind of overvalued. in the valued. <laughs> overvalued. But like but versus like it's like other other writers and other mediums are kind of like shit on, you know? Yeah. In a way that like, like it's just so interesting like when where you just when you describe that when um I'm in a, you know, sketch comedy writing group or a TV writing group or like they kind of they're highly critical they're just like you know talking about like almost every detail or like how it's not working <laughs> it's right, not working right, or why is right. it not working they're just really critical whereas playwriting groups you know I find myself being like what popped <laughs> what did you notice <laughs> which I mean Any maybe questions? that was just specific to our program you know I no, think probably it's, our no, it's, I think are... but then this approach it has been adopted a lot of yeah places. that's true that's true so so it's just kind of funny that dy- the, the the how different different um, mediums of writing kind of take approach, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because I think playwrights are super sensitive. <laughs> I think just writers in general are super. Writers sensitive. are sensitive. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, what is it that Nick says? It's like we have like. Something like interesting inner lives, <laughs> or, something. <laughs> or maybe he just says that about me. I don't know. But it was just like you have an you inner do life. have an inner life, Sarah. Well, That's so funny. can you talk a little bit about the writing groups you had experience with and um, differences between them? Yeah, let's see. Um, right now, I'm in a like a TV writing screenwriting group. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have a couple of playwrights in there, so sometimes we'll share plays. But I feel like the intention and the motivation with this group is like we just want to get into TV writing or screenwriting or break into industry or something. But so our we so oftentimes we share a lot of pilots and screenwriting group um, screenplays, and the setup of that is every two weeks um, we meet, and then the week before we meet the writer that's assigned or to share, they'll like share their work and we read it for that week. And then we share our thoughts and questions about it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's um, the size have been anywhere between two to six right now. It's six. And I feel like, Oh, this is like a really good size. I feel like any more, especially on zoom, it'll be like really difficult to have everyone voice their opinions and with a short amount of time that we have. Yeah, what's it like doing a writing group over Zoom? Oh, it um you know what? <laughs> it kind of worked a lot better than I thought cuz mm. um we're we're not having to worry about traffic. Although sometimes, <laughs> oh my God, sometimes it's like a true California LA. <laughs> I think a lot of people have started working again and then so they're kind of been getting into Zoom a little late cuz of work, but um but it's it's been pretty easy. We just have I think one person that's sort of like the moderator, kind of like leads the questions, mm-hmm. um, and that's helpful to just to frame the discussion by having just like one person deleting and asking those questions. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's been good. I, I feel like I would prefer with sharing notes and stuff. I think I would prefer. Um, zoom but obviously with playwriting sometimes i want to hear it out loud 
And that's a yeah. whole other thing that I would do. I feel like I, I in the past, I would actually just like on my own arrange a table read of my play with like actors I know. Be like, hey, are you free on a Saturday? Can mm-hmm. you come over or like meet us here and read and um, and hear it out loud? And then all those actors give me feedback based yeah. on their experience in reading, and that's been really valuable. Um, so there's that. So there's like a writing group that I've joined that's sort of started by a group uh, a person who just started it and then I joined that versus I just sort of create my own group whatever yeah. my needs are based on that <laughs> you know just like um, and those are two main experiences I've had in the past mm-hmm. yeah I think so one of the things I found really interesting in comparing playwriters groups with other kinds of writing groups is Like when I was part of a prose, it was just called prose writing group. So any it could be fiction or nonfiction, and it, yeah, it was always that you would send your work ahead of time and read other people's work ahead of time and write your notes on it. And then when you met, um, the the author might read half a page or a page of the piece out loud, but mostly you're drawing upon your experience from reading it yourself, which I think makes sense with other kinds of writing. But I think what I find so valuable about play writing groups is, yeah, as you said, hearing it out loud. Um, But it makes sense to also just set aside a time to, you know, have people over and hear the, maybe the whole piece Mm. and have that be a separate thing from, the writing group. Uh uh I don't know. I mean, I find when I'm teaching playwriting, so if I'm teaching a class that's workshop-based, I really want to set aside the time for the students to hear their piece out loud in the class, which means I tend not to have them read each other's work ahead of time and write down notes ahead of time, but rather to have the person bring in their scene, you know, fresh, freshly written, and everyone's hearing it for the first, they're experiencing it for the first time as it is being read aloud. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just find that that experience is so alive and dynamic for both the writer and the other students in the class. Whereas if they encounter it first on the page, they might come in with, different kinds of preconceptions or they might have trouble following, hmm. you know, um, yeah, the rhythm or the humor, especially with students, they're not used to reading plays on the page. And so they don't necessarily, they're not savvy enough to like follow the thread of a story. Whereas if they can hear it out loud mm-hmm. in the classroom it's just a different kind of experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, uh-huh. go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, remember um, when my sister was at City College and she had to take like a literary class mm-hmm. and she was reading Tennessee Williams' play and she was like, I don't get this. This is not really interesting. This is boring as hell. And I was like, well, let's just sit and read it together. And we read it out loud. Oh, and we were just sister. like, sister. 
we were just like <laughs> laughing our head off. We were just yeah. like, this is so funny when you hear it out loud. And then so she was like, oh, okay. And I think as soon as we read it out loud a few pages and we were laughing, and I think she understood like the rhythm and the dynamic. Yeah, and she yeah, to, like, yeah. And she found it a little bit more enjoyable. Um, it's so true. Yeah. And I think yeah, but with, that is very yeah, – it's plays. a time-intensive process. So if you want to mm-hmm. share, you know, a one-act play – from each of your 18 students or whatever. It's like, well, that's pretty much yeah, your whole semester. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, it's always a matter of how do you how do you build in the time to do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think a writing group where you're meeting with other playwrights who are, you know, experienced and familiar with the process, then mm-hmm. it could definitely work to have people read each other's work ahead of time and then just read a scene out loud. Okay, well, what about, so when I was doing the Goodman Playwrights Unit, we were each, there were five of us playwrights, and we're each writing a play over the course of the year. Well, like August to June. Mm -hmm. And we would bring in um, a few pages at a time or, you know, a, a a scene or a few scenes at a time and that was really hard for me to adjust to because you know at Iowa it was always you didn't share part of a play you came in with your whole play which I like so much better (laughs) I was like yeah I have a really hard time taking feedback on um Mm -hmm. just a scene or part of something that I haven't found my way to the end of yet yeah. Um, it makes it really hard for me to keep going. No matter whether that feedback is positive or negative, I find it – or neutral. You know, I I, yeah. I find just like receiving feedback on something I'm not done with yet paralyzes mm-hmm. me. So I really had to, um, you know, figure out a new way of writing. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I, I think I've never been in that kind of – way of reading work and mm-hmm. that's so on you i just feel like bringing in a, even if it's incomplete but like a, a draft of a play that has like a vision of like what you hope to see or you know yeah it's like i don't know why but like that just feels a little more uh well helpful to me <laughs> to just kind of like try to understand how do i want to fully realize this play yeah um, versus like scenes because i don't know don't aren't wouldn't you be concerned about like bringing in scenes and like how a feedback on that particular scene could, could like change everything? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, to me, it feels like cracking open an egg before it's hatched, you know, like, oh, I want to see like how, what the baby bird looks like, but you're just going to kill it if you open the egg <laughs> too early. Oh, oh, oh that's such a gross metaphor oh well, that's well. how i think about it um yeah but on the other hand i mean i think a lot of people find that kind of thing kind of process very valuable to mm-hmm. to be receiving feedback as they go or to try new things and see how it you know because you you're not um you're not investing as much in each moment you're just like oh let me try this in a scene let me try that let me try you know rather Mm -hmm. than here's my entire play you know and and then if you find out it's not working you have to kind of go back and begin again 
Um, I don't know. It's just different. Yeah. So I asked this these questions uh, about writing groups on Twitter, and one of the things that really stood out to me that I thought, yeah, that one of the benefits of being in a writer's group that could be really helpful is um, deadlines. You know, yes. like knowing that like, oh, it's going to be my turn to share work. <laughs> you know, you're like hustling to get I think that's the biggest advantage because you're accountable yeah. to other people. Right. And you don't want to waste their time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's for me, especially for me, I think I think that is a huge benefit of joining a writer's group. When when you have a structure of a meeting time, um, sharing the work and stuff like that, that knowing that you have this deadline coming up, impending <laughs> doom, um, <laughs> deadline coming up. Um, yeah, it's just it it's helpful. And then so before you know it, you're like, oh wow, I got two full drafts of new work within a year or three or three new drafts, you know, like you don't mm-hmm. know. So I think that's really helpful. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true. And I think another benefit is just if it's people you really trust and, mm-hmm. um, and they're, they're familiar with your work and um, you, you know, you know that they're going to give you helpful feedback, then it can be such a helpful way to, share a piece that you're not ready to share with <laughs> anybody else yet. Like just having that trusted group of people to ask you questions and tell you what's working, mm-hmm. you um, know, as opposed to like just giving it to a stranger on the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what um, do you think of my play? <laughs> Please read it. Please read it. Um, I was just thinking – like a polar opposite of like, I don't want to be in a group. I don't like groups. Uh, that's not who I am. That's not my identity. Groups. Um, <laughs> so I'm just thinking about, okay, alternatively, what I've done is like, I do have a circle of friends that I would just mm-hmm. individually send my uh, play or, or whatever writing I have. And they'll just like email me thoughts and notes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and that's been useful too. Um, that's been helpful. Um, but it's, it's so different for, to like yeah. a group where like everyone could sort of bounce off the ideas and talk about the work as a whole. And, you know, like it's a whole other, they're two very different, but maybe they'll have a similar outcome. I don't know, depending on what it is that you're looking for. Well, it can just be so valuable to he- to as a writer to sit there and listen to other people have a conversation about your work. Um, mm-hmm. whereas when you're just getting feedback from people individually, you don't get that. Right. Yeah. You don't get that discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you think writing groups can be unhelpful? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I, I kind of wish that I don't know when you I don't know when you when you're trying to start a writer's group and you're just like I just want to start a writer's group right like you just want people in a, a group together so you could just start sharing work and you could start sharing those thoughts and um, everyone is different they have their own opinions but I'm like 
I was like, is there a better way to screen people? <laughs> because mm. um, I just been like in groups in the past where um, they're just so they like it's just personalities. Everyone's so different. So the personalities sometimes don't really click in. Um, it makes it makes it awkward for everyone. Um, yeah. And they just kind of come in with their like own prejudices or opinions about certain things. And yeah, and when criticism just becomes so, um, what's the word, uh, prescriptive, like way too prescriptive in a way that's like, you basically just want to write your own thing. <laughs> so yeah. you don't see a value in anything in this and you just basically shared what you want to write. <laughs> so I think that's so true. I think, yeah, yeah when somebody's telling you how to, write the play then it's not mm-hmm. helpful I can't remember who said this but one idea or piece of advice that I've always remembered is somebody at Iowa said to us people are usually pretty good at telling you where something is not working in your play but they're not very good about telling you why it's not working or how you should fix it <laughs> You know, it's like they can be very yep. helpful. It's very useful to get that kind of feedback. Like, oh, this scene, something isn't working here. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to me why she makes this decision here. But as soon as they start saying what she should do instead, I just stop listening <laughs> because yeah. it's like. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, this. I just want to preface by saying that um, I want to say like majority of my writing groups that I've been in have been really productive and they've been really good. Mm -hmm. Um, I just like, I just think about just one or two instances that I just felt like this isn't really working at all. And it's like a breakup. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do you think, well, so people who might be starting writing groups or maybe they encounter a situation like that in their writing group where it just feels like it's going off the rails. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give them? Going off the rails. Um, <laughs> how can in, you prevent moments meeting. like that? Or how would you address oh, how do you it? 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 Oh, or how no. would you, if if somebody starts being really prescriptive or like two people are butting heads, what should you do in that yeah. moment? <sighs> okay. One is like really go in knowing the structure of your group. Like, is there kind of a one moderator sort of facilitator mm. or do we, are you going in with like a set of questions or maybe the playwright or the writer is, has questions they want to present to the group. You know, like I feel like there's something like having that framing or structure is so important because if you go in with like, all right, let's go at it. <laughs> let's just like say whatever's on the top of our minds. Um, <laughs> then I just then I don't know then I just feel like it just really does go off the rails um, yeah and in a way that like it's so important what you just what you just said is like hearing the conversation like oh you know like as a writer um but if it's not like um guided in any way then it just feels so yeah crazy and volatile <laughs> yeah uh, it could be potentially maybe People maybe everyone is clear- experienced yeah. A clear understanding of what the format is and 
yeah. And mm-hmm. I think it really, really helps to have different parts of your discussion. Right. So in this part of the discussion, we're going to have questions. In this part of the discussion, we're going to have suggestions if the writer wants them. Yeah. So just so it's clear and, um, yeah, I agree. I think that will prevent 90% of problems. And like I mentioned early on during this episode is like, you know, it took me a while to understand like how this all works, how to be a people person, you know, like try to talk and (laughs) like share those. So it could just be that, you know, that person that joined the group has zero experience or like doesn't know how this all goes. And they could just be like, and so it just might, that person might take time to just understand and adjust and adapt to what it, the needs of the group is. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, it's, it's it, I feel like it is it's a, its own learning um, curve. Well, and I think also the flip side of that is I think a lot of younger, inexperienced writers go to a writing group expect expecting that other people are going to just tell them how to make their play better. So like I see this a lot with my students, you know, it's time for them to ask questions of the group and, you know, the most popular question, which I've learned to ban up front (laughs) is, did you like it? (laughs) Which is like, like is it good? You know? Uh Um, So I'm like, you're not allowed to ask that. Um, oh, the, the 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 student writer who's yeah, shared the, the word. Student, oh, the writer wants to ask <laughs> that like of the class, and like, oh look, God. they're gonna say yes, and then what did you learn from that? Nothing. I feel like I feel like I've had my own um, version of that question. <laughs> like today is like, like, do you see a potential here? <laughs> exactly. It's like it's very similar to like do yeah, like you know that, and <laughs> yeah, I should really ban that question to myself too. But the problem is it's like that doesn't go anywhere. It's a yes or no question. Nobody's going to say no. I mean, hopefully, unless you have like sociopaths in your class. (laughs) They're all going to say yes because they want the person to feel good. And then like that's not actually a conversation. Um, So and then the other thing they really want to ask is how do I make it better, which Mm. is so broad and so generalized that you're not going to get the kind of information you're looking for if you ask that question. You're just going to get six or 12 different versions of like the other person's favorite story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I think it's so important that the writer also come prepared with good questions. Um, yep. You know, rather than how do I make it better, really think about what information you want to get from the respondents and what question you can ask to get that information. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when those discussions go wrong <laughs> or go off the rails, it's because they, yeah, there's not a clear um, guideline or a question that the people in the room are addressing. Well, Sarah, uh, let's say somebody's listening to this and they really want to start a writing group. How could they do that? Oh, oh my goodness. What a question. <laughs> um, so I feel like there are a couple of ways, or there's a lot of ways, really. Um, do you have like a group of friends or like kind of all trying to have similar goals? Like I want to like write a pilot in the next year. Or, like I want to do this and, you know, and then maybe start uh, putting a group that way. Like you don't need – 20 people in a group you just need a 
um, mm-hmm. for, you know, good, uh, helpful people, <laughs> kind, helpful, uh, uh, who have experience with writing together, you know, yeah. um, I just want, or even, you know, person might not even have that much of experience, but are really, um, they really want to learn or like, so they're willing, you know, um, so that's one way It's just kind of you start asking around people of your own friends or networks. Um, or if you're like me and you're like, I have zero friends. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I have friends. But like, uh, um, but you maybe you moved into a new town, right? And you just don't mm. really know anybody or um, Zoom is yet to be available. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. But um, I've I found... Uh, one way I found um, that I, I joined a writing group this way is like Facebook. I don't know people like mm. quite jumped off it, but there are um, like Facebook groups. Um, of course, this is kind of like you need to do a lot of screening <laughs> yeah. to make sure you're like, okay, I hope this person is like legit or like hope they're not weirdos or like hope they're, but um, if I was, I joined like a TV writing group um, from like the comedy community where there's somebody like, hey, I kind of want to start something. Anybody available this night, you know? And I sort mm-hmm. of everyone jumped in. And we all just got into an email thread and just kind of communicated on there. And then we sort of like met in person. Like, you know, that kind of like. That's so cool. So you were all strangers. Yeah. Yeah. And But, you know, if I like comedy from, a, especially from a theory of your, like kind of know someone through someone, yeah. you have a mutual friend, that kind of helps with Facebook where you're like, oh, this person knows so-and-so, you know, like, okay. So then um, makes a little less, the hesitancy is less there. Um, so, yeah. So just kind of that initial conversation, like I'm interested in doing this. Who's interested? Let's start something. I Let's love that. Get on the email. Let's just start talking. Um and then so I've been in that and then I, and I've joined groups with complete strangers and it was like really productive. Um, I was like at one point, this is so crazy. I think I was at one point in like four writing groups in one week and I'm like, oh this is too much. <laughs> this is too much. I was like, it was like, I was like, I had a lot of stuff that I wanted to share and I'm like, I was like, this is too much. Um, Cause yes, you need time to digest and think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that's two ways is utilizing your own network of friends or someone you know, um, even like reaching out to someone who's like, hey, do you know someone who might be interested in doing this? You know, if, if they're connected, you know, um, or social media, a group like uh, Facebook groups and things like that too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about Craigslist? <laughs> no, I'm, I don't know. I'll never do that. <laughs> Never end up with like creepers. <laughs> oh my gosh! Just I, I, kidding. Don't do that, people. Yeah, because Craigslist is like anonymous. People could just post things anonymously oh my gosh. Um, yeah. with no track record. Um, but I think yeah, a lot of it of joining one or starting one, it's like really starts with you because it's like having like the the um. I don't know if the word ambition is right, but like you kind of be the have to want to initiate or. Yeah. This is making proactive. me think of when Taylor Mac said, you know, don't just spend years and years knocking on the door, trying to get invited to other people's parties. Just start mm. your own party. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So if there are playwrights out there who are like, why am I not invited to a writer's group? Well, just start your own writing group and then everyone's yeah. going to want to be invited to yours. Yep. So true. Yep. And then you're going to be like Sarah Cho and have four in one week. <laughs> And then you're like, I can't do this. <laughs> you, I over overcommitted, and then that feels crappier because I'm like, oh, I said I'm doing this and I'm leaving. So sorry. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, don't overcommit like me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you could be that writing group. I was like, oh, that writing group has cookies. <laughs> Is that how you um, choose? Oh, I feel like no, we could do a whole no. other episode on writing group snacks. Mm-hmm. It's for next time, kids. Cookies. Um, all right, so before we move on to glistens, let's just recap. What would you say is the three main takeaway? Oh, boy. Okay, well, um, number one, I would say a writing group can be pretty much anything you want it to be, but you should be clear at the beginning about what you want it to be. So mm-hmm. um, you can create the writing group of your dreams but just make sure everyone knows what that dream is. Oh, Sam. <laughs> I feel like that is a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, number two. Uh, I don't know. What's the second takeaway? Um, don't overcommit. Don't overcommit. That's a good one. Yeah, don't be like Sarah and overcommit. Because you want to be able to show up and be fully present and, um, you know, show up for each other. And so if you're you're trying to do too much, it's probably going to be not as much fun. And, um, okay, number three. I think number three is that plays and playwrights are unique. It's not like any other genre, so um, it needs its own style of writing group. Wow. (laughs) Good job, Sam. No, No, I completely agree with everything you just said. That's a good one. Thanks. I like the slow Also, cookies. Cookies. Um, Okay. So... Sarah, maybe we should talk about your glisten. Which is that. So glisten. Um, April 13 (laughs) was my birthday. And um, how old are you now? Um, um, I'm 32. Wow. It was so funny, though. It took me a while to, like, I feel like right after 30, I just kind of, like, you just forget. You're like, am I 31 or 32 or 33? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because um, 30 is such a big number. For, I don't know, people think it's a big number. And then it's like after that, you're like, it's just a number. Um, so we met but yeah, nine I, I woke up years ago. Almost nine That is crazy. Ago. Yeah, I know. Wow. Wow. Um, a different person. I'm a different person now. <laughs> I think you're I'm the same. <laughs> uh in my 20s I was wild and free and now I'm in my 30s and I'm just calm and delightful. <laughs> uh what did no. you do to celebrate? Um honestly I just uh oh well Nick's parents, my future in-laws, come sent me a gift Aww. and um 
it was <laughs> they asked me like send them a list and they sent me a list um they got me uh scratchers <laughs> i love scratchers oh nice uh, i want two dollars wow just two dollars um but it's so funny because they're michigan scratchers so i could i could only go to michigan to redeem them <laughs> and i was like this is obviously nick's parents way of trying to coax us to come back to michigan you know That's so, funny. so um so i got two dollars so next time we go to michigan i'm definitely gonna redeem it um <laughs> and then um, i got a vegan recipe book Ooh, um it's like called vegan like homemade pantry items um just stuff that i was like i want to learn how to make cheese vegan cheese and try not to use nutritional yeast because i hate that full taste but i just been wanting to just expand my options when you find like, out, tell me, because I really want to know how to make vegan cheese without nutritional yeast. I don't know. I'll, I'll try. I'll try. But, um, I mean, it's. I'm sure a lot of the – I looked at the recipes and they all ask for nutritional yeast. And I'm like, yeah, God, I hate exactly. the flavor. But I'm going to, like, experiment. I'm going to learn these recipes and then experiment on my own, find a way to make stuff without it. Um, but, yeah. That's my goal. That's my personal goal in the next decade in my 30s. <laughs> How do I perfect cheese without nutritional yeast? Um, yeah. Awesome. And then what else did I get? Oh, I just ate. I was just eating all day. I ate donuts in the morning. Um, here's how you know I'm not vegan. Uh, I had <laughs> McNuggets for lunch and then uh, sushi for dinner. So That sounds like the perfect birthday <laughs> menu. <laughs> I know so bad. Chicken McNuggets is my kryptonite. Like it's my weakness. I just love chicken McNuggets. It's like that childhood thing. That I yeah, had. I was gonna say. I'm pretty sure I haven't eaten them since I was like 10 years old. <laughs> it's probably good for you. That you don't. <laughs> I'll like crave them at least every three months or so, one month, once a month. I don't know. Um, yeah. So that's my glisten. What's yours? Happy birthday. Okay, my lesson is I started – you're having so much fun of me. I started this um, – it's a program for dog training. It's called Recallers, and it is the kind of brainchild of this dog trainer named Susan Garrett, who I'm obsessed with. She started out her career decades ago training animals to be in movies, so like – working with them, you know, to do tricks or whatever. Um, but now she's a dog trainer and she has created this program that's, it's all online. So it's like probably hundreds of hours of videos you can watch. And then there's um, 40 games that she's created that you, they're kind of scaffolded. So you start out with really foundational, simple games to play with your dog and then it builds up. And the goal ultimately is your dog makes like the right choice. So it's choice-based. So oh. your dog sees a hamburger on the ground and rather than eating it, you know, either waits for permission from you or waits for you to say, no, don't eat that. Mm. Um, and the other, hopefully the other outcome I'm really aiming for, my big goal is that the dog comes the first time you call them enthusiastically runs towards you the first time you call them, um, you know, no matter what the distraction are. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it. 
Are you going to start your own dog training program? It's possible. You know, if I, <laughs> if I could combine, if I could create a life that combined like theater, uh huh, the environment, like I don't know, gardening and dog training, um, I would be set. But I haven't quite figured out how to get all of those things together. I see. Yep. I feel like you just described your life because uh, <laughs> you're just living already. So right. how do you just you're make right. money off of your life? <laughs> exactly. Um, so true. Oh, so funny. But yeah, did dog trainers go to like school? Yeah, or- there are. Well, or the thing is, it's an, kind of an unregulated industry. So there are um, certifications and, you know, training programs that dog trainers can get certified, but yeah. also anybody can call themselves a dog trainer and right. you know, the government is not going to be like, no, you can't charge people money to train their dog. Mm-hmm. Unlike, you, you know, being a doctor. Or a teacher. Yeah. Right. 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 I feel like I bet you could just like start with your neighbors or something and then like write a little comment. What do you thought? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I could, I don't know enough, but I will just be yeah. happy if I have uh, well be able to. Dog. Yeah. Yeah, that's my glisten. Well, that was a very good glisten. Yours too. Um, Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, All right, listeners, that's it for today. Uh, Again, a lot of – we shared this question about writing groups on our Twitter page if you want to see what other writers have talked about or shared their thoughts on. Um, And as always, feel free to share, like, subscribe, do what you like – don't, don't, don't let anybody tell you what to do. Okay. Except do make sure you like this podcast. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Beckett's Babies. If you enjoyed what you heard or learned a thing or two about playwriting, be sure to like, subscribe, and share the podcast with your friends. And if you'd like to reach out and share with us your thoughts on playwriting and theater or maybe be a guest on the show, uh, be sure to visit our website at www.beckettsbabies.com. That's www.beckettsbabies.com, and you can contact us there. Thanks for listening.